and welcome to Como Explain. It's a podcast from the KBIA Newsroom. We take the thorny issues and politics that affect our community and we break them down. I'm Scott Pham, the Digital Content Director here at KBIA. Hosting with me, as always, is Ryan Famuliner, Assistant News Director at KBIA. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Scott. Hi. Today, we've also got special guest co-host Harum Helmi, Health and Wealth Reporter for KBIA. Hello. Harum, you've been with us before, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's because we were talking about health care, and that's what you do, yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. No snarky reply. You should mm-hmm. uh, uh, plug uh, your show. Oh, uh, my show. It's a really short but super awesome show. It airs on Wednesdays, usually in the morning at about 7.04, around morning edition, and then again in the afternoon, like at 4, um, during All Things Considered. And I talk about rural health issues and economics issues. And, of course, the Affordable Care Act is a huge part of it. It's a big part of your job. It's something Mm -hmm. you're following all the time. Mm -hmm. We had you on before, kind of in the middle of the summer, when we were kind of looking ahead to the exchange. Now the exchange has actually happened. That's where our show is about today. We're going to talk about the exchange and who you can blame if you don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but like it or not, it's here. It it exists. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get to it. Haram, why don't you tell us what the marketplace is? Sure. So the way the federal government frames it, of course, it's like it's a completely new way to buy insurance, right? Before you had to go through either your agent or something. And now this website is available for mostly the uninsured, but anybody could really sign up for it and try and find like an insurance plan that works for you. But if you're uninsured and you're poor and, you know, you haven't been able to find affordable insurance before, this is a chance where a lot of people can get subsidies um, to buy their plans. Healthcare.gov is where you're going, and it's a really important part of the Affordable Care Act. Obama basically hinging the success or failure of this whole thing on a website. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm the guy that runs the website at kbia.org, and I do my best. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes things happen and it doesn't work That's right. quite the way you want it to. It's very easy to screw this up. Yeah, especially when yeah. you're looking to enroll millions and millions of people on yeah. insurance plans. And, you know, and it's not just, I mean, tech problems is one thing. And then there are problems like, you know, getting people aware and getting people to know, like, what their choices are in the marketplace. Right. So it went online Tuesday, October 1st, same day as the government shutdown. Yep. Problems with healthcare.gov, probably not actually related to the shutdown of the government. So what was your experience when you, when you so, opened up that site? Uh, October 1st, it was kind of like Christmas Day for me because I'd been waiting for this, right? <laughs> I guess, like, there my was present. so much. Yeah, if you're like reporting on it, you've just been, oh my God, what is it going to look like? You know, you're kind of excited. So I went to healthcare.gov. I woke up first thing in the morning and. It was down. Um, And it's for me, like I'm a reporter and I'm going to go back and like check it out again. But I'm just imagining if someone, you know, already has a distrust of the government, already doesn't like Affordable Care Act and they see a website that's down. You know what I mean? That that just... Too busy spying in your email. Check back later. <laughs> right. And you're like, ah, oh, crap. Well, and then later in the day, too, I know I checked, too, just for fun and tried to run through and set up an account. Right. And, you uh, you know, you got to the point. You started setting up an account and right. then you got to the, like, privacy questions yeah. and it stopped. I'm like, I want to tell you my first cat's name. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> yeah. And my no, favorite childhood yeah, superhero. But exactly. But, yeah. no, you, the, the drop down wasn't working. And that no. was a bug that we saw all across the country, that's I think. Right. So, basically, just these small technical errors, like you were saying, Scott, that any website's going to deal with that right. made it pretty much inaccessible in the first day. Because you got to set true. up an account before you can go anywhere on the website. Yeah. And I tried again the day after, and I still got stuck in the security questions mm-hmm. part. And I think that it is like a nationwide problem because 
according to the AP, by Tuesday afternoon, which was the first day of the enrollment, 2.8 million people had like gone on the healthcare.gov website, but only a handful could enroll. I mean, I don't know what that means. A handful literally means like five, five. or less, yeah. right? <laughs> that's I, how I've always understood that yeah. phrase. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah, weird, right? right? And this is like an anonymous source, like an HHS that told the AP about this. And I'm just like, whoa, like, is that for real? You have to be anonymous to say that? Yeah, it's like, who won the lottery? Where are right. they? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is a little bit of a failure. Probably can be overcome. That's a technical yeah. failure, mm-hmm. a glitch, as Obama called it. Right. There's actually a lot of other ways to fail, too, that we want people <laughs> to think about. Because this is people using the word test a lot, right? This is a big test of ACA, the Affordable Health Care Act. So here's one way you can fail. They get it working and then people just don't sign up. That's right. 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 Yeah, they just don't use it. Yeah, that would really totally suck. But also um, the enrollment is like a long time, right? I mean, the thing that they keep saying is that – you know, it's not a sprint, it's, it's a, a marathon. marathon. Yeah. Like, we see that, like, it must yeah. have been in the training book, page one. Yeah, like, probably. Every, every, I've seen that quote from so many different Over. public officials all across the country. Yeah. Um, a little clip art, like, like yeah. track and field guy. Basically. It's probably <laughs> like, Basically. yeah. But they're really saying that, and, you know, probably because things were going to happen like they right. did, where things were not going to work on day one. But the, the period runs through mm-hmm. March, um, which is going to be longer than most of these open enrollment periods mm-hmm. uh, going forward, but this first introductory one That's lasts right. that long. One thing to point out is that Earliest you can start insurance is January 1st. That's right. Mm-hmm. So soonest you can get this new health insurance plan functioning and up and running for you. So like you said, if you check this morning and you were sick, the sick, too bad you're not going to have insurance until <laughs> January anyway. Yeah. But that's important to note that, yeah, they, they, so they've got this longer deadline. But like you said, right. so if nobody – if people don't sign up by that March deadline, mm-hmm. then, yeah, there is a certain number – of people that have to sign up for this to right. be a viable enterprise, right? For mm-hmm. it to actually work, you have to have people that sign up for it. That's right. And yeah. you need certain groups to sign up too. Like you can't just get, you know, everyone who's sick signed up for insurance. And that's like the thing that the Affordable Care Act outreach people talk about a lot is that they need to reach young people. That's how insurance companies make money, right? Yeah. Is by people buying their insurance and don't get sick right. when they don't have to pay out. Right. I'll plug my show here. We had Intersection this week on this topic, and we had some great guests on that I'll mention later in the show too. But that was one thing they brought up is that's really an essential part of this is that we have to have young people involved in that's it right. or else it's not going to be functioning. If, right. if you're just paying out a ton of money for people who have pre-existing conditions and are going to be you know, getting more than what they're spending into the system, then it doesn't work for insurance companies. Right. They're and, not making money. And it might drive the cost up for exactly. next year. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like this is one of the very smart things about the exchange that if you really want to get young people to do this, it's got to be on a website, right? right. Yeah, Just the true. unfortunate thing is that for maybe a lot of the poor or disenfranchised who are, have trouble getting into the system in general, they probably have other circumstances maybe that are preventing them from getting insurance as well. You know, lack of education, lack of uh, like internet connectivity, right. and they might have a lot of trouble. Yeah. And um, I mean, like literacy with the internet too. Once you get on the internet, it gets confusing. Yeah. Let's go down my list of fail here. <laughs> uh, okay. Another way this can fail is people just get super confused and they end up buying the wrong plans. Right. And Fixable probably, but... Probably, but it's something that could cost money. You know what I mean? Imagine signing up for the wrong plan and having to pay that cost for a full year. Yeah. You know, and that could, you know, and I don't know. I think that that, that could be bad. I would yeah. be pissed if that. That's the kind of thing that could hurt it politically, I think, where yeah. people say, okay, I used to have good insurance. I went and I got the Obamacare and I thought this was covered and it wasn't covered. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I lost my house because my insurance premiums were too high, things yeah. like that. And we'll talk more about this later too. But really what this comes down to is you're not just teaching people how to use this system. You're teaching them insurance what insurance with, is. Yeah. And like – because many times the goal here is to get people insurance for the first time. And if you have never bought insurance before, you've never had to make these decisions and 
understand what you're spending, what you're getting. Okay, last big failure point is insurance prices don't go down. That's a possibility. Part of the point of the exchange is you get more insurance companies in competition with one another, and then competition supposedly will will lead to prices dropping. So if that doesn't happen, then we might say the marketplace is a failure. Sure. Yeah. If prices, if it just drives prices up, yeah. That, I think that's one of the goals, one of the not-so-quiet goals of this is to try to get the healthcare system under control, prices down, and just get things more regulated and on a right path than they have been. Right. Okay. So this marketplace isn't for everyone. There's about 800,000 mm-hmm. uninsured Missourians. If you are one of those people, it's for most of you guys, not all of you guys. Let's, let's go down the list, Harum. Right. Who is this going to affect? So... If you are uninsured, if you have a job and your job doesn't offer an insurance plan or if it offers an insurance plan but it's too expensive for you, then you can go to the marketplace, look at insurance, and get a subsidy. Uh, What about if you're a young person? So if you're young, if you're under 26, you are hopefully covered by your parents. Insurance Which plan. actually, that's we, a new thing, right? right. That's something that is that, part of that's the something that came into effect in 2010. The Affordable Care Act is that now right. uh, people can stay on their parents' plans mm-hmm. until they're 26, even when you get married. Yeah, so which yeah. is cool. Super. You used to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so yes, but if you're young, you know, um, this is the hard sell of, of the Affordable Care Act, right? Because, like, I mean, personally, you know, I'm 23. I'm like, I'm probably not going to need insurance, but. Who knows what's going to happen to me? I ride my bike all the time, so I could, you know, fall and break something. So it would be a good idea for me to sign up for the insurance marketplace and try and see if I could qualify for a subsidy to help me pay for my premiums. And for the companies and for the viability right, of the really, system, you're really important. I am super important because yeah. I probably won't go to the doctor too much, right. you know. And you um, will help bring those costs down for people who right. use their insurance a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but if you make less than 100% of the poverty level, which is about $11,000 if you're a individual. single person, um, then you won't qualify for the subsidy. And this is something that's kind of weird because as the Affordable Care Act is written, they imagined those people would be covered by Medicaid, right, which is the free insurance program for the low-income population. So if you are eligible for Medicaid, you know, the state doesn't expand on Medicaid, you know, so you're kind of like out of luck, but um, you also won't be fined. One thing we probably should step back to and mention is you threw out the word subsidy a lot there. Oh, Maybe yeah. just explain that real quick. It's it's kind of what it sounds like, but basically it's that a portion of your premium that g- goes towards your insurance policy is going to be paid by the federal government. That's right. Um, and so that offsets the costs and hopefully gets you a cheaper plan. As they mentioned right. on Intersection, actually, one of the people that's working on this as a navigator we'll talk about in a minute said, you know, it actually happens a lot in the real world right now, too. My employer currently pays a similar premium, mm-hmm. uh, par- portion of my premium, and I pay a the rest bit. of that premium as right. well. So the federal government is doing something fairly similar to what happens in the real world in a lot of places right now. Yeah. So that brings your cost down. But there is an estimate, I think, for how many Missourians will actually apl- get those subsidies. It's, we said there's like 800,000 that are uninsured right now. Right. And I think the Missouri Foundation for Health estimates about like more, a little bit more than 350,000 Missourians will probably get the subsidy. They're going to make this yeah. hopefully affordable so, for you. Right. Basically. And these are people who, you know, who are uninsured or, you know, can't afford their employer's insurance plan. Mm-hmm. And, and currently Medicaid right now, you have to be very, very far below the poverty line if in you... order to qualify for it. Yeah. And it's not that way in a lot of other states, states that have elected to expand their Medicaid 
which we have not uh, eligibility um yeah that are not missouri they have met that need so if you are in this weird spot where Mm. you make too much money to qualify for medicaid but you make less than 100 percent of the poverty line which is a fairly large uh uh, spread of money there Mm -hmm. then the marketplace is not for you it could be for you if you have like you know i don't know some savings or something and then you can buy it but but you know these subsidies are not for you right and Mm -hmm. i would just get a little bit personal here and say that i am one of those people and um that i am technically i should be qualified for medicaid if it did get expanded in missouri because I make, you know, like on the poverty level. Um, <laughs> and um, but, you know, like a little bit below the poverty level, which is the limit for the marketplace. Right. Like I'm in this weird gap where I need insurance. My employer doesn't give me insurance, but I'm not I don't make enough to get a subsidy, which which sounds kind of messed up. But, you know, that's because the Affordable Care Act was written to kind of like, all right. So people who are the working poor can get them through the marketplace where they put money into buying their premiums or and if you really, really are broke, then you can go to, the, to Medicaid. But, you know, as we know, that didn't quite work out because the Supreme Court decision doesn't require every state to expand their Medicaid program. Right. And Missouri has not. It was a big debate this year. Didn't happen. We talked about that in some previous episodes of the right. show. But that's important to note. And basically that gap, I talked about that on Intersection yeah. as well. What's the solution? They said that faith-based groups, things like that, might be able to step in and help right. out. But right. it, that's that's really not a, you know solid answer right that's not that's well yeah basically (laughs) guys the missouri foundation for health um thomas mccullough McCullough, thank you i only talked to him for an hour (laughs) no Uh thomas uh basically said yeah that's just not really going to be a it's not a real world solution you know because that's not i mean like it might work sometimes but it's not going to work no it's like this like you have a safety net that didn't get expanded and so now this you're falling off the safety net to like another safety net that's that might or might not be there you know what i mean what i'd say is just look out for that this year that's going to be a huge issue in the legislature this year we had Jeremy Malarski and Gene Leonati on the show, too, that, mm-hmm. wants a nav- that take care of the navigator programs in the, in the state. And he basically said, I do not envy you guys. This is like the <laughs> toughest part of what your job is, is going to yeah. be is dealing with people like this who you have no good answer for at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of them are going to be pissed. You know, I imagine a lot of them are going to be like, yeah. hey, I don't make a lot of money. I'm definitely going to get something, right? Yeah. right? They show up and they say, actually, if you made 10% more, you'd get a <laughs> right. fat discount. Or if you, you made don't. less, you could be on Medicare. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm pretty pissed. <laughs> You're dealing with but, it very well. But yeah, thank you, you are. Oh, you are shucks. Room. Um, but there are some good news. I mean, for some people, you know, you lucky people who are eligible for the subsidy, um, it's pretty good. Yeah. So should we talk about what's available in the marketplace? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about what we know that is going on with the marketplace. Right. Because last time you were on the show, Haram, we were talking about all the things we didn't know. Right. And there's like this long list of things we didn't know right. at that time. Right. And the frustration it was, was we yeah. should have known it. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, but now we know some things. Right. We know some things. We know that, I mean, these are things we already kind of know. Like we know, for example, from the start that, you know, every marketplace was going to have four different level of plans, you know platinum plan where you can um, pay a lot like up front like every month your premium is higher but when you go to the doctor you don't have to pay as much because then the insurance company will pay for you right yeah. stuff like that and those go down so it goes yeah. from platinum to gold silver and bronze and each one is like a percentage thing and, and it's a little bit high level math don't worry too much about it but basically it's, Harum right. summarized it well you're going to pay more for the higher plan and less for the lower plan up front the platinum plan it will cover about 90% of your costs so you'll be, co- you'll be reliable for the other 10% yeah. and it goes down 90, right. 80, 
70, 60 right. on those plans. So you're paying a larger chunk if you do have to spend money later at the doctor, mm-hmm. um, but you're not paying as much up front. Yeah. And so that's where it comes down to making that decision for yourself, what you actually need. If you're a young person that's going to be healthy, you might want to buy a cheaper plan. Right. If right. this sounds confusing, it is... Yeah. Calm down. You can go to KBIA.org and find out more. <laughs> There's also you should go to healthcare. Or healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to point you to I health. want to. Come to our web- website, please. But right. you should go to healthcare. Well, you could go to healthcare.gov, but it's also down a lot of the times right now. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so actually, anyway. there is one other category that we that okay. we didn't mention, right. right? Which is the catastrophic plan, which is kind of what is geared toward the Young Invincibles. Um, I'm going to just say that we all Young Invincibles here in this room recording Como oh, Explained. I'm almost out of it, though, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll try to keep you down here. But anyway, and that is just literally if you are in a car crash or something, and then they cover that for you. Or you get cancer or something Or like you get cancer, well. yeah. Yeah, yeah but so. it's, if you want to go to the doctor just because you have a cold or something like that, it's going to cost you some money. Yes, more so than... You're not going to be able to go as often. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, so here's something else we know. Uh, this is a kind of a weird side benefit of being part of the federal plan. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, we got all these numbers uh, with cost estimates for right. federal plans. We don't know these numbers yet for a lot of the state plans. Those are just coming out. Out now, right. but for all the ones that use a federal system, which is 36 states, including Missouri, we know uh, roughly how much this insurance is going to cost you. Yeah, sort of. They they give you averages, you know, for each level. But for the lowest cost bronze plan, that's when you you know pay little every month, but you might have to pay more at the doctor. That's about two hundred forty five dollars a month. That's the average. So oh, that's okay. without the subsidy, right? So yeah. feels like a lot, right? Yeah, you know, but that's because you know you're not taking into account the the government help um, if you're super broke, and so if you're a 27 year old, you know, you're post your family's plan, and you only make about twenty five thousand dollars a year. Hello, journalists out there. <laughs> um, you know, you get tax credit, and you might pay as little as like eighty seven dollars a month for insurance. Yeah, so we're talking so, about more than half the majority of right. that plan being paid for by subsidies. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. All of those information sounds confusing, right? You kind of don't know what levels would be good for right. you or but, like And what it much... comes down to is just like realizing who you are and what you might need, right? right? Like exactly. my, my example is my wife and I, here I'll announce it, we're pregnant. We knew, we, knew that was, we knew that was coming up. and no, uh, so Nobody we, knew it. Right, I didn't yeah. know it. Well, what, we, knew what, we, were, <laughs> we knew we were trying. And so we, we already had bought old plans from our employer, but we went ahead and bought a pretty high-level plan that we were going to pay a lot for up front. Mm-hmm. But that way, when we go and actually have the baby, we're not going to pay much money throughout this process. So even though we paid more up front, we were going to see the benefit later. It probably actually was a good investment for us to spend more money up front. Mm-hmm. That said, before we were, had kids, when I worked at my last job, we got a really low bargain basement plan because we were these young <laughs> guys. We were early 20s. We knew we weren't going to need anything beyond regular doctor's visits and maybe when we go and have the flu or whatever. So we had a really basic plan. So it really is just figuring out what works for you, what you right. need, and, what, and thinking about it as an investment. That's my like one minute of how to figure out what you're going for. But, <laughs> but fortunately, they're gonna, there are supposed to be people that are going to help people make these decisions, right, in addition to going through right. and navigating this stuff. I Ooh. use the word navigate. That's loaded. Foreshadow to two <laughs> seconds from now. What are they called? <laughs> the navigators. Yeah, so the navigators and... are this really important part of the law. There's all this federal money that going around to different states, hiring people who will physically go around and help you learn how to use this system. That's right. They teach you um, a little bit about insurance literacy, you know, like what you need. Like with Ryan was saying, you know, what a copay is, what a 
um, deductible is and stuff like that. Yeah. So the success or failure of ACA, a lot of it might hinge on this website. Right. But the success or failure of the website, a lot of it might hinge on these navigators. Right. People who are doing the actual outreach. So the website is online now. Uh, where are the navigators, Ryan? Where are they? Again, we had uh, Gene Leonani and Jeremy Malarski on the show. They're with Primaris. Jeremy's with that. And Gene is with the Central Missouri Area Agency on Aging, which is the local chapter. Both these organizations got federal funding to pay for these navigators. So how much money did we get for that? We got $1.8 million from federal money specifically for those two companies to hire navigators. It's a lot of money for me. Not a lot of money for the state. No. 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 Yeah. When that grant opportunity was announced earlier, like I think it was announced around spring, um, a lot of policy analysts, a lot of patient advocates were, you know, kind of freaked out about it because it was, you know, it sounds like a lot of money, but it's a drop in the bucket is what they call it. So in Missouri, like Ryan mentioned, we have $1.8 million from the federal government to hire navigators. They also gave about $2 million to what's called health centers to help, you know, people who are uninsured and lower income to kind of navigate the marketplace. And so that kind of pushes Missouri to about a little bit more than like of federal money to do outreach, right? But, you know, again, like if you compare it to a – I don't know how to say it, but like Illinois, for example. If you compare it to million, a state that is yeah. not actively antagonistic <laughs> of the federal health care right. law. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because – Illinois is paying $30 million to a PR agency to do the outreach. $30 million. And a lot of that's for federal money as well? Yeah, that's federal money. money. That's all federal money. And that's because they went to the effort of applying for new grants and things like that, which we may talk maybe now or later about Prop E. Let's talk about it. So why Why can't we get that money? Because uh, (laughs) last year, uh, Missouri voters approved Proposition E. There are provisions in that proposition that literally makes it illegal for, like, state employees to talk about the marketplace to even make moves on, on the marketplace. And so they couldn't apply for these extra grants to do outreach for Missourians. Right. They were scared to, frankly, because, yeah, like right. you may get sued for applying for you, this grant because yeah. it would bring somebody in who's going to help yeah. assist this implementation. And that's really what the, some of the language said. You can't – state workers can't assist in the implementation. Right. Right. So, again, I mean, we're saying that's probably what happened. There's no real – I'm going to ta- call it. Yeah. Idle speculation. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it on Intersection. And Thomas mm-hmm. McAuliffe with the Missouri Foundation for Health was the only one who could probably speculate a little bit on it. He said, right. you know what? Yeah, same thing. We can't really say for sure this is what happened, but it's definitely like this thing over your head. It's a chilling effect. Yeah, it's a chilling effect. Um, I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah. Again, it's tough It's tough to prove, but it seems pretty obvious right. based on mm-hmm. how much money we got compared to other states. Exactly. Why would people not have tried to get that extra money because they were worried about getting yeah. sued? Yeah. Well, so yeah, let's but, just point out this is unusual. 36 states in total like us, but they are not like us in that most of them have not set up this kind of firewall where they can have nothing right. to do with it. Illinois, for instance, is a state where they had the federal exchange, but uh, – They're they, actually a state – federal partner. So there's like yeah. another state-federal partnership. A few yeah. states are doing that. But. Yeah, exactly. So they have a more active involvement mm-hmm. with the creation of the marketplace, and it's not 100% federal run. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and partially as a result, perhaps, they were able to get these federal funds to help it along. Right, exactly. And, you know, I mean, extra money can't hurt, right? I mean, like like $20 million more dollars, you know, like, right. if, if that. So, yeah, so we've got these navigators. We still have some navigators, though, right? And then we also have, as, as Harun mentioned, these certified application counselors. Actually, we yeah. didn't say that name no, yet. No, I haven't mentioned it. But well, who are they, they? Well, basically, when the grant opportunity was announced and there was so little money in the pool, um, a bunch of um, – well, the Missouri Foundation for Health, which is like a private um, kind of um, health advocacy group, they announced like $5 million. So there's a $5 million extra 
um, that different nonprofits throughout the state won, and now they're also doing their own outreach. And they're not technically called navigators, but they could also help you with signing up for the marketplace and explaining what you need to do and like where you have to go and who to call and stuff like yeah, that. They're essentially doing the same thing. They're, they're going a, out yeah. and marketing it. They literally have given some money to marketing yeah. groups to help market right. and get the word out about the exchange, and they're helping you, walking you through the system. Yes, they have brochures. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. You know, we don't have as many navigators as we'd like, and it might be that they're not as effective as we hoped. Some people that received that federal funding were on your show yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. So uh, we asked them about the numbers of navigators they plan to hire, and Primaris, Jeremy Malarski there said about 75 is the number they have in mind. They haven't got – they maybe hired about half that many so far. Mm -hmm. Gene Leonati at uh, the Area Agency on Aging said it was around 95 – or, yeah, 95 was the number they were shooting for. But it was funny because, you know, talking about our marathon, not a sprint, I mean, they really weren't quite ready. These navigators weren't quite ready yet, to be frank. Literally during the show, and we're talking the day before the rollout of this, uh, the exchange, uh, Jeremy's checking his phone right before the show, and he's, uh, and he's literally pumping his fist in the studio saying, we just got our fifth navigator, actually, who has passed all the exams and is now licensed. Five out of the, like, 30-something they've already hired. Um, so that means that only about, you know, what, less than 10, you know, less than 20 percent, 18 percent. I'm trying to do my math. In my head <laughs> That's here. really quick. But uh, not a lot of percent. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of percent. Um, and, and literally like a half hour later, midpoint of the show, he checks his phone again and it was up to nine. Was, again, big fist pump, high five with <laughs> yeah. Thomas McCall. Nearly but, double digits serving yeah. hundreds of thousands. But still we're so. talking about nine people. Uh, yeah, for – Three hundred fifty thousand, right. really, uh, you know, possibly eight hundred thousand if they really, if everyone wanted to sign up despite a subsidy. Right. So, yeah. exactly. I'm going to reiterate what I said because I want to cut into it. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about whose fault this is, right? <laughs> like that sounds really annoying that uh, the navigators are a little bit behind. Maybe you want to blame the state for not taking that money. Maybe you want to blame our navigators for not being ready yet. Well, the federal government didn't announce the grant winners until August fifteenth, which yes. was you know like less than two months from the actual opening of the marketplace. You right. Know? So there's the counterpoint that mm-hmm. actually that federal money didn't get out. So probably a lot of navigators in states all over the country are dealing with this problem. Right. Everybody's a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of blame to go around, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Just point your fingers. <laughs> point it. You probably point to the right person. Yeah. Okay, so so who are these guys? We talked about the uh, Central Missouri Area Agency... On aging, <laughs> and actually, Is that's that just right? the local chapter. Yeah, okay. uh, I, the, 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 na- the, the actual the name winners, drives me crazy. Yeah, the They're, actual winners of the grant is the Missouri. Alliance of Area Agencies on Aging. Yes, it is so, a tongue twister. Yeah. So okay. That's... Well, you know, I got a number here. Let's just call this number. Yeah. Number is actually simpler than their name. Mm-hmm. It's four four three five eight two three. You give oh. those guys a call, and that's going to connect you with somebody uh, who can help you get on the insurance exchange. Right. That's right. the local number. The five. That's a local for the local yeah. chapter. The number for, local number for Primaris again five seven three area code eight one seven. Eight three zero zero. That's where those official navigators are, the federally funded navigators. And again, right. there's lots of other agencies. Lots of other people. Well, um, yeah, because all these agencies have their own like community partners. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So even if they might point you to somewhere closer that you can talk to. So Yeah. So a big thing that these navigators do is they aren't just helping, but they're doing outreach. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a PR thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're getting out there, letting people know that this is going on because um, – 
people in Missouri might be a lot less aware of the existence yeah. of this exchange than people in other states. So how are they doing that, Ryan? You talked right. to some of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they talked a lot about community events, things like that, distributing flyers, yada, yada. I mean, one of the big questions we had was, you know, how you get words, yeah. how do you get the word out? <laughs> you know, about they, haven't, they don't have, I mean, it's kind of a little bit <laughs> because they don't have a concrete plan. Well, it's tough when you don't have money yeah. too, right? right? You don't have the money to spend on like a big ad campaign like and you do in Illinois. Notice, yeah. uh, you know, you're not going to spend money on TV ads or something like that. You're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way, a grassroots kind of way, right? The big questions we had were about, like, rural and youth because rural is a big issue in Missouri. And then youth, again, is a big issue for anybody when you're talking about this exchange, as we talked about before. You need the youth. And we have a lot of youths here too, right? Mm -hmm. And really, yeah, there weren't any specific strategies or plans that they came out with that were too, you know, exciting or clear, um, you know, in the show. You can go back and listen to it if you'd like. But, you know, it was kind of – it was – you know, same thing. Okay, we'll have events and we'll, you know, try to spread word on campus and have events yeah. and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, it really needs to be, you know, I talked about social media, I think, too, which, okay. you know, is a pretty basic idea, I would say. Like that, <laughs> that, sure, that's what I would say, yeah. too, if I didn't have a good, you know, a really right. robust pa- plan. But, yeah, that's going to be a big challenge, I right. think, because, again, both those, especially in Missouri, specific challenges, especially in rural areas, too. They did mention to that point that they had a good group down in the Ozarks that was going to help get their word out. You know, that's still going to be a challenge, for, especially because those areas are probably also going to be challenged technologically and, or behind a little bit. And, and that's one thing of this, too. So other places that you can look for help on the Internet, if you're into that sort of stuff, is you can go to CoverMissouri.org. And this is the initiative by the Missouri Foundation for Health, um, where you can get information on the marketplace. And again, that's CoverMissouri.org. Or you can also go to EnrollMissouri.org. And that's um, by the Missouri hospital association um so there's a just you know groups that are just wanting to disseminate information that way so yes yeah, so if you can't find a navigator because there's right. like nine of them uh <laughs> you can go online and do that that's right uh so harum this mm. was like the big thing you were looking forward to probably the kind of keystone event in the development of ACA in, re- in the recent past, what is the next thing that happens? What are we looking forward to now? So the whole personal mandate thing where January 1st, 2014, you have to have insurance coverage or you're going to get fined. You know, a lot of people have kind of chosen to take the fine as like a political gesture. So the first year, the fine, if you don't have insurance, is $95. That's like a relatively easy political statement to make because right. it's much cheaper than what you would have paid to get the <laughs> insurance and yeah. it's not that much money. Exactly. That's yeah. a year, you know, it's not like a monthly thing. Yeah, it's right? not I mean, a monthly yeah. thing. Yeah, but it goes up in 2015. Like, it goes up to more than $200, $300. But, you know, of course, there are exemptions. You know, in Missouri, if you would have technically been um, eligible for Medicaid, um, you won't have to pay a fine, you know, because it's not your fault you can't afford insurance, right? Like, you wanted it, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, not, you know, personal or anything. But oh, That's nice. Um, yeah, so, um, go ahead. Oh, oh um, so and if you're Amish or something and your religion doesn't let you <laughs> buy insurance, um, you also are exempt from the fine. And if you make just too little to pay for a fine. I'm always saying we're um, not doing enough for our Amish you know what? audience. Defense, yeah, right? In defense of the Amish. <laughs> All right. They also like pay in to all kinds of like they pay taxes on their income, but they don't take any really hardly any money out for wow. like like they like actually when I worked up in South Bend, Indiana, they actually the area around there, Elkhart County is like the second largest, maybe third largest. I can't remember. It was they always jump between. But Amish population in the U.S. behind Lancaster. And uh, like when unemployment hit really bad up there, all these guys worked at RV factories and got laid off. They would not take unemployment uh, literally for like two years. They would not take 
unemployment. Uh, they eventually finally did because they were literally getting destitute after a couple of years because the RV factories up there just been so hard hit. So in their defense, they don't ever mooch. Um, so it's <laughs> right. not really fair. Uh, for to, them to get fined. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like the true Tea Partiers, right? They yeah. don't take government help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, R- Ryan's little subspecialty here is actually <laughs> Amish people. Yeah, I know. I, cool. I, I, yeah, if we ever want to do a show on Amish, I'm up for it. But yeah, I, I could go on and on. It's actually a really good idea, right? All right. There's mm-hmm. Amish explained. Ooh, ooh. There's some Amish around here. <laughs> and do, can Amish listen to podcasts? <laughs> well, it depends on your local rules. Uh, yeah. You know, like sometimes you can't actually. I, I get. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess though that podcasts aren't gonna work no matter what. I bet radio might work, but podcasts are gonna be out of it. Mm. It, it, okay. is, it would need to be traditional broadcast. You might be able to get away with that, depending on your local bishops' uh, rules rules that they have set and what you all have agreed upon. Huh. Um, well, dang. Yep. So okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to end the show, you guys. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Como Explained. I am Scott Pham. My co-hosts today are Ryan Famuliner and Harum Helmi. Give us a listen each and every week. Find us on KBIA.org or even better, the iTunes store. Just search for Como Explained, then hit the subscribe button and get a shiny new podcast automatically each week. If you've got a comment or a show idea, we love both. Email us at news at KBIA.org. Tweet us at KBIA. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye.